Welcome to Fields Church, and this message by Pastor Richard Smith teaches us the basics of prayer and fasting. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, Fields family. So wonderful to be here at church in my lounge. But anyway, I'm here to um, host today. I'm so excited. So first of all, I want to welcome all our Fields family to church this morning, whether you're online, whether you're watching it later. But also I'd like to welcome our visitors. If you're here for the first time, you are so, so welcome. It's lovely to see you. And um, we're going to have a time of worship now. So really all engage, enjoy this time. And I want to thank the band for continuing to lead us. Oh my goodness. So enjoyed that, but I'm so looking forward to when we come together and we can worship corporately. But until then, let's keep going. We are so thankful and so grateful for Zoom. I'd like to um, announce again that we are starting our fasting and praying two weeks um, on the 31st. So we've got next week. So what I'd like to do is every week send a fields text out just with some insight into what fasting and praying is and to give you some pointers on how to prepare yourself uh, physically and spiritually uh, for that that um, fast and I'm just we're just praying and believing that we want to really connect and pray for our nation and pray for the vision of the church of fields in 2021 so that's what we're doing and then I just want to encourage you I have a day I lead a daily prayer every day we've done it since March and it's so it's so wonderful to see so many answers to prayer so come and join us but from next Sunday the 31st we're starting it's almost like a mega prayer if you want to see it that we really want to encourage everybody to come together on on zoom as a church on Sunday evening and pray and I think that's going to be such a wonderful thing. We're going to do it for the next six Sunday nights and see how it goes. But we'd love you to join us. All the details will be out there on the email. Um, so that's wonderful. And then we're very excited. The 31st, I think everybody, everything's kicking off on the 31st. So get excited. We have, we're really hoping to have a live Zoom service. So I was going to try and have a more of a familiar feel of what church would usually be like on a Sunday. So watch this space. Give us lots of grace because it's all technology that we're learning to use. So we're looking forward to that. And we also want to take time and say thank you for being so gen such a generous family and such generous people and continuing to give um, and all the details are on the Friday email. If you're not sure how to give, just email um, hello at Fields Church UK and we'll get the details to you. Thank you. We want to just lift up Find to remind you about Find because they, they're continually in need and we can't collect stuff, but we can certainly invest financially into them. So we want to encourage you with that. And I think that's it. I'd love to introduce... Uh, Pastor Richard Smith, my husband, blessing to us all. And I just want to say thank you and have a wonderful service. Bye. Well, thank you, Esther, for being our host today, the hostess with the mostess. We just give thanks for that. I want to thank Andrew for sharing over the last couple of weeks 
couple of great messages. I hope you've um, taken some notes and you studied that and enjoyed. Uh, Andrew, have a break from me and uh, hear a fresh voice in this new year. It's brilliant. So House Church, how's everybody? Great to see you this morning. You know, this morning I'm going to share a message around prayer and fasting because the next few weeks from the 31st of January, we're going to start two weeks of prayer and fasting ending on Valentine's Day, uh, the 14th of February. So you can enjoy some chocolate after that. <clears throat> you know, and the reason we're doing this, we do this every uh, year. We've done that for the last couple of years and we normally start just before Easter, a few weeks before Easter. Uh, but this year we're going to bring it forward a little bit because we want to see breakthrough in people's lives. How about you? Who could do with breakthrough in their life right now? In your marriage, in your relationships, in your health, in your finances, in your work, maybe with a new direction in life. You know, this country, our nation and the nations of the world could do with a real breakthrough uh, with this COVID virus because it seems to be rampant at the moment. So we want to encourage you to join us uh, for the next few weeks uh, to enjoy prayer and fasting. I'd say endure, endure it. I don't know about enjoy it, endure it. No, we need to enjoy it as well. And maybe you've never fasted and this might be your first experience of fasting. So it's good to learn as we go along as well. You know, the first thing I'd like to establish, <clears throat> well, let's Let's pray before we do anything else. Father God, we come in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the word of life. Thank you that it brings life. It sustains life. Thank you, Father God, that your words of life encourage us, build us up and transform us, change us into the image of your dear son. Thank you, Father, as I share the word of life this morning, that faith would rise in every heart, dispelling all fear, doubt and unbelief. Thank you that my words are like seeds that will go into the heart to produce a harvest 30, 60 and 100 fold. And if you love the Lord, you'll say, Amen. Okay, the first thing to establish is what is fasting? You know, fasting is a spiritual discipline and uh, it's where believers choose to abstain from something like food for a certain period of time. You know, the Hebrew word for fast means to put your hand over your mouth. So when you're offered chocolate, when you're fasting, say, no, thank you. I've got to put my hand over my mouth. If you offered chocolate cake or ice cream or anything like that, that you're fasting from, don't be tempted to do it. In the Greek, the word fast means to abstain from something, usually food. You know, Jesus fasted and prayed and he mentions how not to fast in Matthew 6, uh, verse 16, if you'd like to go there for me. And that's the first verse of scripture that we're going to look at. And Jesus mentioned in Matthew 6 how not to fast. And uh, this is what he says in Matthew 6, 16. Moreover, when you fast, he didn't say if you fast. So there's an expectation for Jesus from Jesus that we would fast and that we would pray. However, fasting and, and prayer isn't a command, but he, Jesus would love us to fast and pray. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. You know, in this particular chapter, Jesus is confronting hypocritical religion. And he picks out three things that the Pharisees are doing in this chapter that were hypocritical. The giving of the Pharisees was hypocritical. 
Uh, that's the, in the first part of this chapter. The praying of the Pharisees was hypocritical. And finally, the fasting they did was also hypocritical. So we're going to go to Matthew 6. Go back to verse 1, if you would. In the Passion, it says this. Examine your motives to make sure you're not showing off when you do your good deeds only to be admired by otherwise. Otherwise, you will lose your reward of your heavenly father. So you know what? Whatever we do for God, whatever we think we're doing for God, we need to have the right kind of motive, the right kind of heart motive for doing anything before God and not to be seen before men. So when you give to the poor, don't announce it and make it a show of it just to be seen by people like the hypocrites. Verse 5, <clears throat> whenever you pray, be sincere and not like the pretenders who love the attention they receive while praying before others in the meeting and on street corners. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. So Jesus said, when you're giving, don't shout about it. When you're praying, don't shout about it. And then in verse 16, when you fast, don't look like those who pretend to be spiritual. They want everyone to know that they're fasting. So let's not make a big show of it. You know, it's good that we come together as a church to fast together so that we can encourage one another. You know, it's hard. It's difficult fasting on your own and praying on your own. You think you're the only one doing it. But when we pray and fast together as a church, we can encourage one another. So over those two weeks, we're going to have some uh, prayer ideas for your prayer and some things to be praying about and fasting about uh, during the two weeks that we are praying and fasting. So you see the the things that the Pharisees weren't the, the things the Pharisees were doing weren't wrong but it's their motives that were impure to be seen by men and Jesus calls this hypocrisy saying one thing and doing another. So we have to examine our motives when we fast and when we pray not to be seen by others or do it because we think we're more spiritual than anyone else. You know we've got a great testimony from a member of our church Josh Ambrose and he's going to share his fasting journey with us right now. Thanks, Josh. Hi, everyone. Last year was my first practical look at what spiritual fasting is all about. And I must admit that prior to that, I'd never really heard of fasting other than maybe dietary fasting. My first experience was great and I felt a closeness with God over those 14 days that I believe you can only get from fasting. However, since then, my understanding of what fasting really is has grown. The last couple of times I've fasted have been incredible and these two things I heard regarding fasting helped my preparation and approach to take it to the next level. Firstly, I'm learning that fasting is an act of worship. It's me saying to God, I want to be with you over this whatever I'm fasting and you are all I need. Secondly, the sad truth is it's supposed to be uncomfortable. Last year, I attempted something called a Daniel fast, which you can look up. I was too focused on what to fast though and in hindsight picked something that sounded impressive and that was a big mistake. However, God did use that time. I was too quick to be impressed by how extreme I could fast and not that quick to be impressed by what being with God was actually about. Jesus spoke about fasting in Matthew 6 from verse 16 and describes two groups of people. And unfortunately, last year, I felt as though I fe um, fell into the wrong group. At work, I was like, I can't, I'm fasting. 
In fact, apparently, I became almost unbearable to work with. And I'm learning that that's not what fasting is. Jesus tells us it's not a show. It's a private heart space between you and God. More recently, I haven't done anything as extreme as a Daniel fast, but what I am learning is that what you fast bit isn't important. The important thing is my spiritual preparation and how I prepare myself to be with God more and how I open my soul up completely over that fasting period. I'm still gaining understanding of what fasting is, but I do understand this. I look forward to fasting because nothing excites me more than being with God on this level. It's very much a Proverbs 14:27, which says, Worship God in wonder and awe, and it opens up a fountain of life within you. That's why I fast. So just to finish, I've been asked to maybe share a few simple thoughts to help you as they've helped me, particularly if you're new to fasting. So the first thing is, don't take any notice of what other people are fasting. This is your personal choice and it has to work for you. If fasting the TV is not an option to give up, then choose something else. Number two, get ready to be uncomfortable. Yes, it's going to be horrible to begin with, but stick with it. Spiritual fasting is an act of sacrificial worship, but set realistic expectations. As an example, last year I spent more time looking at fancy recipes to make the force more palatable rather than actually being with God. Number three, prepare to be blown away by God. Be encouraged. God wants to be with you. So prepare to be with him. There's nothing better than just sitting with God and being with him. And the last thing is, I'm setting myself a challenge this year that I focus more on the God bit rather than the fast. So I'm going to try and remember to ask people, how's it being with God during the fast? Rather than, how are you coping without Instagram? I'm still undecided about what I'm going to fast, but I have started to think about my attitude and my spiritual preparation. And even though I've only just finished a fast... I'm excited about the church-wide call for us all to sit at the feet of our Lord together and experience his indescribable nature again. Well, wasn't that an amazing testimony from a young man who the year before hadn't really fasted and prayed and he really got into it and he's learning through doing it himself. I know he's been praying and fasting about his work because he works for CYM and uh, he's going to join us in this two-week fast as well. So firstly, fasting is a spiritual discipline. And Jesus shows us in Matthew how not to fast. Okay, so it's a practical way. Fasting is a practical way of teaching our bodies, our flesh, who's boss, who loves to fast. I don't love fasting, but I do it because I think it's good for us anyway. So let's have a look at what fasting isn't. That's the next thing we want to look at. Fasting isn't a means of getting God's attention or earning his favor or a means of twisting God's arm to get our prayers answered. That's what fasting isn't. You know, fasting won't make us holy or righteous. You're already holy and righteous. Fasting won't make us any more acceptable to God than we are right now. It won't make him love you any more than he loves you right now. So fasting isn't for God's benefit, but it's for our benefit. We're going to benefit from this in many, many ways. And we're going to discover some of that 
as we go uh, through this morning's teaching. You know, fasting isn't another way to diet, although it will have dietary benefits. That's not the reason to spiritually fast and spiritually pray. The purpose of a biblical fast isn't to lose weight. That's not the goal, but rather to gain deeper fellowship with God. You know, use wisdom if you are going to fast. If I were you, if you have a medical condition, seek your doctor's uh, help or a, a medical professional's help before you fast and pray because you don't want it to uh, you know, mess up uh, if you're taking tablets and you need food and that kind of thing. So uh, you really, really need to use wisdom and get advice before you fast. You know, I've titled this message Prayer and Fasting because we're meant to pray when we fast. You know, we can pray without fasting, but we can't fast without praying. If we're going to fast, we need to pray as well. Fasting without prayer is just a hunger strike. Did you get that? Fasting without prayer is just a hunger strike. And as we look through scripture, we can see some of the people that have gone on before us, the, the patriarchs of old that fasted and prayed for different reasons. In 2 Chronicles uh, 20, we're not going to go there. King Jehoshaphat was a good king and he made all these reforms in his country. Uh, but all these, um, the Ammon and Moab wanted to uh, raise, uh, bring war against him and declare war against him. So he, he got the whole country to fast and pray and seek God's face about what they were meant to be doing because these enemies, his enemies were coming against him. So they fasted and prayed and they got God's strategy and the enemies were defeated and they got deliverance. So fasting and prayer can bring deliverance to his people. You know, when Nehemiah heard the news that some of his people had escaped the captivity uh, of Jerusalem and were distressed that the walls of the city were destroyed. And this is our next verse of scripture. If you want to go to Nehemiah 1 verse 4, he was in captivity himself and he went before the king and he said, king, because he was the cupbearer to the king. And he said, king, um, I, I need to go back to my country because the walls of Jerusalem are all burnt down and broken. And will you let me go? And amazingly, he let him go. So we pick up the story in Nehemiah 1 verse 4. It says, so it was when I heard these words <clears throat> that I sat down and wept. He heard what was going on in Jerusalem. He sat down and wept and mourned for many days. Look at this. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just have a, a sip of my tea. You got a brew today. How about you? you got a brew? A nice cup, cup of coffee or some water or something? I love tea. I think that's one thing I'm going to give up when I'm fasting, <laughs> although I love my tea. Anyway, you know, if we looked at this story a little closer with Nehemiah, we would see firstly that his motive for praying and fasting wasn't for, for selfish gain, but to appeal to God for mercy on behalf of his people. So it was really unselfish. And he begins to confess his and his people's sin before God. And this culminated in his eventual plan to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that were destroyed when the, his people were taken captive. You know, prior to Daniel's vision, he fasted and prayed. He separated himself and inquired of God, petitioning God again on behalf of his people. So it wasn't a selfish 
act where he prayer and fasted. So fasting was usually synonymous with mourning. We can see uh, that when Nehemiah prayed and he also mourned uh, and Daniel did a similar thing. We're going to pick up a little story, this little story with Daniel from Daniel 9. That's in the Old Testament. If you want to go to Daniel 9 verse 3. I want to ask if you've got your Bibles this morning or your electronic devices. If you take notes, that's really good to take notes, jot down the scriptures, because sometimes I really talk quite fast. I've only got 30, 35 minutes to get a message across and I can speak quite fast. So I understand that. But it is good for you to learn and and flick through your Bible so that you can learn where all these chapters are, where all these verses are, so you can turn to scripture quite quickly. So. If you're there, please turn with me to Daniel 9, verse 3. And this is Daniel speaking. And he says, Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth and ashes. Aren't you glad they used to throw uh, ashes all over themselves when they prayed and fast? Aren't you glad that we don't have to do that today? With the pastor said we're fasting, I'll go and find some ashes and cover myself in ashes. We don't have to do that anymore. Verse four, and I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession. That's really good, isn't it? You know, confession isn't when we just come to Jesus when we first get saved or when we first become Christians. But confession needs to be a part of our our daily lives where we come before God because we all make mistakes. That's what sin is. It's missing the mark. That's what it means. And sin is a terrible thing. And when we do sin, when we do miss the mark, when we do make a mistake, we can come before God and confess our sin to God and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness, the Bible says. And this is what Daniel did. He prayed and fasted to the Lord and made confession. In Daniel 10 verse 2, if you want to go there, want to skip those Uh, Just a little bit after that, the next chapter, it says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Verse three, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. You know, the word pleasant in Hebrew means desirable. So Daniel ate no desirable food. He ate no meat. He ate uh, probably only vegetables and all the vegetarians said, amen. All the vegans said, amen. So he ate, ate no desirable food. He ate, drank no wine. In other words, he ate no chocolate or cake in our modern language. You know, we know that Jesus would often spend time alone with the Father and pray. And just after his, his baptism, it says this in Luke 4, verse 1. If you want to go there, we've got Matthew, Mark. Luke, John, that's in the New Testament. They what we call the Gospels. So Luke 4 verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing and was afterward, and afterward when they had ended, he was hungry. You know, we should adopt a right attitude when we fast and pray so the point of fasting and prayer uh, isn't just something we do it's not just an activity we do what about developing a fasted life and a and a, and a prayer life and a prayerful life like worship uh, these things should be a lifestyle that we build into our lives on a regular basis 
Um, so, um, you know, we can, uh, again, just get closer and draw closer to God as these days, um, these days that we're living in are, are very dark, they're very evil. And we need to get the heart of God and pray, having a prayerful life and a fasted life and a worshipful life will help us draw closer to God. You know, the book of Acts records believers fasting before they made important decisions. There's another reason why we should fast and pray. Fasting and prayer are often linked together. You know, in the life of the apostles in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, if you want to go there with me, and that's, um, we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then we've got Acts. So here we go, the Acts of the Apostles. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, I love that. You know, we need to, on a daily basis, minister before the Lord, worship. You know, worship is nice for us, isn't it? It's lovely when we can worship on our own, when we're before God, or when we come to church and worship. You know, that worship is not just necessarily for us. But we worship, we're worshiping God, coming into his presence with singing, coming into his presence, praising him, coming into his th presence, thankful. We should be like that. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So they used fasting and prayer to determine the will of God with Paul and Barnabas before they sent them, laid hands on them before they went on their missionary trips. It's really important uh, to, again, get God's heart on this. And can we see here the Holy Spirit's involvement when the people worshipped God, they fasted and prayed. You know, I believe they were more sensitive, that we become more sensitive to his leading when we fast and pray, you know, prior to Pentecost, when they would they would cast lots to determine the will of God. But right here, they sought, they worshipped, and they prayed, and uh, and fasted and prayed, and the Holy Spirit uh, determined the will for them to go out, especially Paul and Barnabas, to go out and preach the gospel to the whole world, the known world at the time. Now, after Pentecost, the way they sought God was through worship, prayer and fasting. And the Holy Spirit speaks and gives direction. You know, I'm not suggesting there's a formula to follow when we pray and fast to get God's desire. Uh, but I really believe that um, praying, fasting and worshipping are really great ways of getting direction from God. You know, there's a new dynamic in the church after Pentecost, a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit's leading. So how does this relate to us in our lives? Let's just look at that very briefly. You know, when we have big, important decisions to make, where we go to church, decisions for our families, the kind of jobs that we're looking for, moving away, the call of God on our lives, let's seek God in the same way and he will speak. So if you have important decisions to make, like the early church did, we need to make uh, vital decisions in our lives today as believers. And the best way to do that <coughs> is to seek the will of God by praying and fasting and worshiping. Then we'll get the heart of God. Let's not play with our lives and make important decisions without consulting God first. And one way we can do this is through prayer and fasting. So, why fast? Why pray? You know, fasting is a way for us to focus our attention on God and to draw closer 
to him, to be more sensitive to his leading, a time to what we call deny the flesh. Our flesh, my flesh loves food. I love food. The older I get, the more I love my food. And I like the nice things about food, um, especially if we can have pudding afterwards. We don't have that very often. We might have that if we have a Sunday roast or we have the family over and have a pudding or something. But I love eating. So uh, fasting is a way of disciplining our body to do away with those things so that when we're um, hungry, uh, what I do when I feel hungry, that's the time I would spend time during meal times instead of eating or drinking, I would spend time fasting and praying. You know, like Jesus and Daniel and Nehemiah, the reason and the motive for fasting was to draw closer to God. So it's important when we fast to spend some of our time praying. You know, there are different different types of fasts. There's a full fast. Now, only do that if you know God is calling you to do a full fast. A full fast means you abstain from all foods, all foods, and you just drink liquids, either um, water or you drink juices or things like that. So that's a full fast, but only do that if God is calling you to do it. There's what we call the Daniel fast. We've just read in Daniel that he ate no pleasant food. He wouldn't eat meat and he didn't eat, uh, didn't drink wine or have any liquids like that, but he probably ate just vegetables. So eat no meat, no sweets and no bread drink water and juice, eat fruits and vegetables. So that's a Daniel fast. <clears throat> we can get lots of information. If you just Google Daniel fast, you'll see lots of people have, have written books about this and they'll give you pointers about what a Daniel fast is or just Google fasting anyway. Uh, and you, you can see all the different types of fasting. Google, good old Dr. Google. There's a three day fast. This, this fast can be a full fast, a Daniel fast, or give up at least one item of food. There's a partial fast. A partial fast is from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. or from sunup to sundown. You can select from these types of uh, three types of fasting, a full fast, a Daniel fast, or give up one at least one item of food. Some people just fast chocolate. Some people just fast um, uh what else? Um, TV. There's another thing. You need to decide the kind of meals you fast. Some people just fast breakfast and then they'll eat lunch and dinner. Some people might uh, not eat breakfast and lunch and just eat dinner or supper. Uh, it's it's down to you. There's no hard and fast fast. No, no hard and fast. Forgive the pun. The other way you can do is you can um, fast TV. You can fast the radio, social media, tea, coffee, and chocolate. Generally, when Esther and I fast, we would generally fast those whole tea week, two, two weeks. We wouldn't, um, we wouldn't watch any TV unless we watched a worship service or a preach that we're going to watch or listen to. So when I fast or when Esther and I fast, we do most of our praying around those meal times, like I said, when I feel hungry and we place the meal time with a time of prayer. You know, the times I have fasted uh, and, and brought a it's brought a clearer, fasted and prayed, it's brought a clearer understanding of what I believe God is saying to me. And I've received many answers to prayer as well as God has lead, led us through these things. So there are benefits when we fast. Some of the benefits of fasting are mainly spiritual, like I said. It brings a closer awareness to God. 
It brings the body under spiritual subjection. We get speedy answers to prayer sometimes. It's just amazing. Uh, you know, fasting and prayer breaks demonic oppression and strongholds, deliverance from sinful or unhealthy habits, and we receive revelation and direction from God. So we're going to have a prayer focus uh, every day, each day, and we'll encourage you every day, probably with a scripture and uh, encourage you as we fast and pray as well. Well, that's the end of this message. Um, we're going to have tea and coffee straight after this message. Five minutes after the message, we run uh, cafes, virtual cafes, where we can meet together and uh, enjoy some fellowship, get a cup of tea, cup of coffee, get a, uh, some cake or, or something to eat and just enjoy fellowshipping with one another. You know, that's really one of the things that Esther and I miss because we're, we're people persons. We love people so much. We miss the fellowship. We do miss church preaching to a live audience. We do miss um, uh, meeting together, but we miss the fellowship afterwards where we can have a cup of coffee and just chat and pray together and pray for one another. Uh, so, um, yeah, on the 31st, I just want to make this announcement. On the 31st, of January. That's next week. We're going to try a live Zoom. That's what we're going to try and do. Uh, I believe that's the case, 10 o'clock. So you've got to tune in live and I'm going to be preaching live and we're going to have a host and we're going to have some worship and we're going to see how we can how we can uh, run this service like we would prior to lockdown when we had services in a building. And hopefully we're going to have some testimonies from people. If you have a testimony like Josh's powerful testimony about fasting, like Diddley's, Diddley's powerful testimony when she gave her life to Jesus in the bathroom, and like Sadie when she came on Alpha and gave her life to Jesus and has now joined the church and joined a life group. You know, God is still on the move. If you have a testimony, two, three minutes long, please send it in to us and we'll show that testimony on a Sunday morning. If you have any prayer and praise requests, please give them to your connect group leader and then they can give them to us. We can either read them out and we can pray for you on Sunday morning. So we're going to have a live worship experience. Aren't you excited about that? I'm really excited about that. I just can't wait to see all your lovely faces on a Sunday morning. It's going to be great. Tell your neighbor it's going to be great. Okay. What about those of you who don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And maybe you've been listening to this sermon this morning. You don't really understand about praying and fasting or a, a Christian message like this. And I believe you're not here by accident. And I believe that God has been knocking on the door of your heart. And you know, the door of your heart has the handle on the inside. And God is a gentleman and he's knocking and he wants you to open the door of your heart and let him in. How about you? Would you like to do that today? I'd like to say a prayer if you'd like to do that and ask Jesus into your life. I'd like to, I'm going to say a prayer and I'd like you to follow this prayer after me. Would you do that? Let's just close our eyes and bow our heads and let's just think about what we're going to say. For those of you who would like to give your life to Jesus, say this after me. Father God, I come to you now. In the name of Jesus, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin. Lord Jesus, 
I believe that you died to take my sin. I believe that you were buried. But I believe on the third day you rose from the dead. Lord Jesus, I ask you into my heart to save me now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to know more about the church, please contact us at hello at fieldschurch.uk and someone will get back to you. Uh, Esther and I want to say that we love you. We're praying for you every single day. Uh, please stay tuned on a Friday uh, evening. Usually there's an email that's sent out to all of our church members and it tells you everything that we're doing as a church. Watch this space. We can't wait to see you again. I'm going to pray, close the service, and uh, we'll move on from there. Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this message. Thank you for the word of life. Thank you that you've called us as a church, as your people, to fast and pray at certain times so that we can draw close to you and draw near to you, Father. I just pray as we go right now that your angels encamp around about us, keep us safe, free from harm, until we can meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great to see you. Can't wait to see you afterwards in the cafe. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about Fields Church, would like to contact us or have prayer requests, please email hello at fieldschurch.uk and we'll get back to you. May God bless you this day.